With me today is my new friend, Attorney Jose Leon. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Um, as usual, as I always tell people, I avoid people until they're here. So <laughs> anyway, I want you to um, just kind of share your, uh, your background for, you know, to everyone and let them know what it is that you do. For sure. So uh, first and foremost, I'm an immigrant. Uh, came from Sinaloa when I was six years old to Arizona. Uh, you know, landed, if you will, in Nogales, Arizona, and did K-12 there before coming up to the Valley to go to college. And, um, you know, got here, uh, very, very few relationships. And even at a young age, I decided to, you know, come to Phoenix instead of uh, the other town down south so that, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I could start we building know where relationships. That is. <laughs> Wildcat. That's right. That's We're right. going to fight. <laughs> right after, right after. And, um, and uh, you know, wanted to make sure that I, I did something impactful in the community and made a difference. And, you know, that flavor was uh, being an attorney and, and helping the community, uh, specifically, obviously, with personal injury law and, and car accidents in specific. So how did you get into personal injury? Uh, interesting story. So when I was in school, uh, I thought real estate was really the thing that I wanted to do the most. Uh, and real estate law was probably the, the angle that I wanted to take. But, uh, you know, leading into the end of my law school time, I realized that, you know, that, that economy was, was going to be imploding. And uh, while I was interning at a small practice uh, with uh, an attorney, a local attorney that was doing charity work that I knew, Mike Doyle, uh, his office had four different practice areas. And one of them was personal injury uh, into real estate and other and probate law and, and, and other things. But I really got excited about personal injury law because of uh, the impact we were making, uh, being able to solve a complex problem and be able to talk to people about that problem that they had and get them through that problem successfully. Uh, of course, you know, the injury is something that uh, creates a big upending in people's lives. So being able to get them uh, focused on their health and get them you know, essentially back to uh, the regular life was, was important to, you know, to, to all of us as attorneys and practicing in the area, but primarily for me. And I felt like it could be a good role model for the community, especially here, uh, doing that type of work. So did you know, like, right away from the get-go, like, okay, I, I really enjoy helping people, so I like personal injury, like you knew? I knew when I was in there, right? I was, I was working there for a year before I got my bar card, and... When you're doing real estate law, you don't realize it. You're, you're just looking at documents. You're drafting documents. You may talk to the client over the phone, but you don't get the chance to deal with a community as much as you deal with corporations or the owner of a corporation. The nice thing is I'm kind of a social person, so I wanted to have that interaction. So I gravitated towards that practice of law because of that. There's more interaction with the people. So, And then as far as just your your love for it in general, like what you kind of went into it already, but mm -hmm. is there anything specific that happened or like, how did you know that this is it? You're going to keep doing this. Like, was there a person you got to help tremendously that made an impact? Well, you know, it's very interesting uh, as an immigrant with, uh, with a parent that didn't really grow up in this country. 
it's it's a common theme where you become the spokesperson for that person. And uh, when you're growing up, I know when I was growing up, you know, whether I knew it or not, I was destined to be an attorney. They called me a little mini <laughs> lawyer when I was out there with, with my parents. My dad was in produce, so we would travel. He had uh, his main product was potato. But, um, but I would always be talking for my parents, translating, doing as much as I could to help out when we uh, initially came to the States. And uh, I always felt like that immigrant community didn't have the opportunity to to assimilate for, for better or for worse. You know, certain people don't want to and uh, some people can't. And uh, that, you know, became a passion for me as far as being able to be a tool for people to get them through a problem uh, and specifically the, the Hispanic community. So uh, that was my calling. And the flavor, like I said, happened to be personal injury laws. I was kind of navigating my own growth, figure out who I was going to be, grow, who I was going to grow up to be. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you know, the guy upstairs put things in front of me to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Take me back to your uh, upbringing a little bit. So you said that, so first of all, how old were you when you migrated here? Uh, six. Six? Yeah. Okay. And do you remember how it was for you, like, learning the language? It was through cartoons. I'll say that. <laughs> um, uh, it, it was it was easy and difficult at the same time. I'll say it was easy because you had the opportunity to be in a in a border town mm-hmm. where you have bilingual people everywhere. Uh, majority of the people spoke Spanish and English, and I think that the detriment to that environment is that you don't get a chance to uh, learn the English language. Let's call it as pristine or as clean as you could. Uh, but my mom specifically was very dedicated on learning the language in English and Spanish, independent of each other. So I didn't Loose. land in the Spanglish, right. uh, which I still have because I grew up with friends and I was still a normal <laughs> kid. So, you know, my mom and dad wanted that, that for me, but uh, I still kept that character of of being from Nogales and being a Nogi kid and growing up in that environment. So. <laughs> hey, Nogales has the best tacos. <laughs> Good food. I would drive down there. Just Good for food, that. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, your recollection of your, your um, growing up, like your parents, how, how was that for them? When you think back, like how did they protect you? How did they, you know, encourage you? So, you know, my dad and my mom didn't have much of an education. Uh, my dad grew up, uh, you know, I think with maybe a third grade education. He got into, uh, you know, um, agriculture because that was the best opportunity for him. And uh, he was a, an extremely successful person uh, that uh, had the means to bring us to the U.S. Uh, with a little better environment if you will and my mom she got her gd when we got to nogales and we got an opportunity to you know to get here Mm -hmm. but that's only half the battle and that's where i see the difference in in that tool being that tool because uh all they wanted was for me to have a better life and they knew that going to school like a a default in in everybody's community that that was the opportunity i leaned a lot on my scout my school counselors to get through uh, the process with some hiccups around, along the way, uh, because uh, sometimes you look at people that get somewhere and you think, oh, that was a clean process. It wasn't from our, my perspective because there were uh, no mentors necessarily there to tell me, hey, don't do this, don't do that, focus on this. But my parents had the heart. They had the, the uh, wherewithal to work hard and then give me the opportunity to go to school. 
but that was it. It's like, here it is, you figure it out. And thankfully, I, I, I had a good support system with them and with other people in the community to get there. So, And a lot of respect for immigrant parents, for sure. You know, families in general, because it's just a different type of experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? So I'm an only child with my mom. My dad had me at 52, and he had, uh, I want to say 28 that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of kids. That he had a is lot a, of marriages. Uh, 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 what is it? A papi chulo. Yeah, Don, Don Juan, <laughs> you know. Uh, he, uh, but he took care of all his kids and, you know, thankfully he had the opportunity to do that. But I didn't, never really had a father figure growing up because he traveled a lot. He mm-hmm. was more of a grandpa figure. I'd see him a lot, uh, not on a daily basis, but I'd mm-hmm. see him a lot. He was still a, a role model for me, somebody to aspire to. Not much more of a problem from the perspective of a, of a father, but... He, you know, that was that age gap. So mm-hmm. if I was at a band event, I, it was like, oh, like, who's your grandpa? Well, that's my dad, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that really affected the way that I kind of sure. decided to have my own kids and wanted to have them a little younger and, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier you said that you had a lot of support in the community. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like you said, your counselors, was it your neighbors? Like, how was that for you? So... I think early on, I, I wanted to ask questions. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was a little talkative kid. So I wanted to go out and figure out what's what's out there. What should I be doing? Uh, how can I can I help even at a young age? And when you're going through high school, they tell you you have to do community service and you have to have a better chance at getting into college if you do that. So I went to the Boys and Girls Club of, of uh, you know, I think it was in Pima County of Nogales. I, I really don't know what it was called because we have one, a number of them here in the Valley, of course, with, with city names attached to them. But the Boys and Girls Club really was the place where I started to get more of an understanding of the world. And I had other uh, friends uh, through school, of course, that had uh, their own little businesses. So I understood that. I didn't know anything about law besides knowing that my dad, you know, used one for work, but, you know, that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say school counselors, uh, being able to volunteer my time, especially as I prepped for, for college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was in that kind of high school age, I was dedicating a lot of my time in that after school program at the Boys and Girls Club. And, and those folks really helped me understand I charity, like hearing about that. Giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... That was really cool for me, I thought. And as far as, like, the Boys and Girls Club, I mean, definitely shut them out because I think they have an important role in our community. And it sounds like you immersed yourself, like, in the community and the, you gave and they gave right back to you. It did. It was, a, it was definitely a win-win from, from that perspective. And uh, it really stuck with me, even coming into the Valley at, had a moment of you know you know being selfish from the perspective of wanting to get through the college experience and and, and then soon thereafter I started giving back again. Yeah, so. that's awesome, and I, I can see that in a lot of the work that you do. So, but with your family, you said that how your dad's age gap affected how you wanted to have your own kids. So when did when did you get married and when did you have kids? So I got married at uh, I want to say twenty four, and then. Uh, we waited on um, you know probably a good five years, and then we had our first kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not super young in 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 our environment in our culture here in the u s 
uh, very late uh, from some perspectives in uh, in what I thought I was going to be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had a goal in mind. I wanted to you know get through school and and, and get a career and have a you know a couple of dollars to be able to feed my kids. So uh, I waited a little bit. Uh, so got married younger, uh, but. You know, thankfully, it worked out to where I could still have kids, you mm-hmm. know, in my late 20s, early 30s. I have two. So and how old are they now? So uh, Vivi's 10 and then Weston is seven currently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah I miss that age. They're great. They still pay attention to daddy. Uh, you know, my daughter's really a spitfire. So I can definitely see how <laughs> her attention at some point in her teenage years will focus on herself and, and obviously the world. But uh, they still love their daddy. So 18 years from now, they'll might watch this video again. So tell <laughs> me what's your favorite thing about each one of them right now in this stage today. So Vivi's always been a, a little girl, a, you know, a gal that's got a lot of uh, independence. And mm-hmm. I love that about her. She's got a lot of moxie. And I think that's going <laughs> to just take her like really that. to, you know, to to be a successful human and productive human. And my boy is just the sweetest, tenderest kid. So, I, if I would, if I had to say, hey, what, what's the coolest part of them? The, the Weston's super sweet and super funny, and then Vivi's determined and and uh, has a lot of grit. Awesome! So yeah. your son is gonna make one uh, woman a lucky <laughs> one later on. He grew up with a with an you know an older daughter, or older sister, so that's gonna be huge for him. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna understand girls. And how did you meet your wife? That's a really interesting story. So I'm, I'm getting through ASU and, you know, I wanted a senior trip, if you will. And I had, you know, business management and um, in Spanish as my degrees. Like I mentioned earlier, my mom really wanted me to have Spanish clean. I grew up in the U.S., so it was something that I needed to be bilingual and have a really high standard from her perspective. So I got a degree in Spanish, but some of the upper level classes, um, you know, you could take abroad. And my professor at the time was putting together a group of kids, 45 of us, to go to Spain for a semester in 2000, spring of 2003. So I'm out there, you know, taking two, three classes, upper division, 300, 400, and wanting to just have fun uh, and then polish off my degree. Well, it just so happens that uh, this girl that's coming out of college as well is finishing her degree in Spanish and uh, we meet in Spain. She, one of the funniest stories is she calls back to, uh, to town uh, to one of her friends, sorority sister, and she says, hey, I met this guy, his name's Jose. And then her friend's like, Jose Leon. And then my now wife, Erin, she's like, yeah, how do you know him? I went to high school with him. You're out there in Spain meeting a wow. guy that you could have met at school here at ASU. So... You know, three years went by. We never came into contact, uh, you know, out and about or on campus, even though I would see this other friend of mine from high school all the time on campus. I'd wave at her and say, hey, what's up? Never came across Aaron until I got to Spain. So fast forward, of course, a couple of years, and uh, it was uh, a whirlwind relationship. We, you know, we met, obviously, that first semester, the beginning part of 2003, and by the end of 2005, we married. Uh, so super cool, uh, you know, little story about how two two kids from the Valley met. Right. It wasn't here. It was in another <laughs> country. You know, it's like If that's weird. not the universe, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. But so did you, like, see her at the trip 
and like, yeah, you, it was the first, like the first meeting. So you had orientation. Oh my! And we met. We happened to be in the same classes because she was already advanced Spanish, and and I definitely was. I was just taking history and other things. So, um, you know, we essentially super dated for a whole semester because we were together for classes, and we would travel because the program allowed you to have basically a four-day weekend every weekend mm-hmm. uh every week and uh we would travel all over uh, europe but how, like did you just make eye contact like how did you meet it was literally that we all met each other and then you know it was like a little click but we just bonded we were just really interested in the same things in spain they siesta and we're like what is that <laughs> you're gonna go to sleep or you're gonna take a break middle of the day so we'd go we really bonded over food and i'd like to say that it was uh, or or want to go enjoy, you know, Chinese food at these mom and pop places, Italian food. Uh, no offense to the, to the Spanish, but their food was not as great as <laughs> other ethnicities. So we got a chance to really tour um, our little town, Alicante, that we were in uh, through, you know, the the. Uh, you know, the Chinese and Italian restaurants that were there. So so do some math for me. So you dated for how long and then? So so it was like two years and 10 months, basically, because Uh it was like beginning like January 5 or whatever of 2003. And then uh, we came back April of 2003. And then we dated uh, in the valley until uh, January 1 of 2005 when I proposed and then I got married October 22nd. And it's been how long now? So I knew you were going to ask that question. (laughs) I think 16. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Yeah. And look, so, you did it like, you know, yeah. like you said, fast. But when you know, you know. Yeah. Right? And we were young, but I, I, everybody, I was just telling my wife the other day, I think everybody thinks they're old or mature at 18 or 24. But we, you know, we kind of knew what we wanted out of life and mm-hmm. it kind of kind of worked out. We had a good vision. We, we, we have great communication, which I think is a really good part of our relationship of, hey, these are challenges. Let's not take it on each other. Let's focus on how we can team up and tackle the issue. And um, it's, it's, it's been the best 16 years, if not more, obviously, with, with, the, you know, with the years that we dated. So I'm happy for you. Thanks. You know how rare it is anymore. It so. is. It's hard, uh, especially at such a, such a young age when you're growing up still. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's uh, you know, things that will, will take you apart. And still, I think people that have kids and then... And then you see that happen again, even after the kids leave. So just that investment in, in, in working uh, to help each other and complement each other and not need each other, if you will, has been one of our goals. Because you I, still work every every single day you work on that. I like that because I did ask one of our peers, same question. And he, he kind of said, you know, marriage is hard. And, you, you know, it'd be a lie to say that it isn't. But for him, what worked was they grew together. Exactly. So, because some people grow apart, right? He made they made sure they grew together actively, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't. Like, there's an, uh, there may be a book, so I'm sorry if there is a book <laughs> out there, but there was no book for us. We just we just had good people around us, and mm-hmm. you know, like that Spanish teacher actually that got us to meet in Spain. He told us as he had got through a couple of relationships, and you know, he uh, was obviously looking for a partner or was with somebody at the time. And he said, Hey, you guys are lucky because he saw the whole progression of us meeting and then now being serious, uh, you know, at the end of April. And he said, the coolest part is that you're going to grow together. Right. So, yeah. And that's so special. You yeah. know, your wife's name's Erin, right? Erin. Yeah. So what do you talk to her? What's your favorite thing about Erin? 
Uh, she's super intelligent and she is uh, hardworking, doesn't really care much about anything besides uh, the, her family. It's, it's huge for her. And, um, you know, best partner you can have that can help you figure out what your weaknesses are and strengthen those uh, or help you strengthen them. Because like I mentioned, I think she's independently able to survive as am I, I'd like to think <laughs> she would not agree with that. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think it really helps to have two people that are strong together and strong mm -hmm. apart. So she has your back basically. Pretty much. Yeah. And, um, and she can stand alone in, in any environment, which is the coolest part about her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to meet her. And I'm yeah. inviting myself to your 25th wedding anniversary. There you go. <laughs> um, Jose, tell me, I, I, I could see it just from following you on all platforms and, you know, having the same friends as you. I kind of know what you're passionate about, but I want you to share that with everyone else. Thank you. Uh, well, I alluded to it along the way, but one of the things that I think is important in one's life is to figure out what it is that you are going to feel good about at the end of the day when you go to sleep. And, um, you know, a big thing that helped me along the way was having folks that could, uh, and organizations that could help me understand and navigate the world. So the cool part for me was Boys and Girls Club to get started in life. When I got to Phoenix, um, got a chance to be introduced to the Scottsdale 2030 Club, which is a group that at its core uh, wants to build leaders. And uh, as a byproduct, they put money together to give to the community, to charities that are boots on the ground charities. So I had the opportunity to, to help with events and, and get introduced to other charity groups that are boots on the ground charities like Boy Soap, Girl Soap. And... Um, I've been able to dedicate time in the community, uh, not only there, but now with the Scottsdale Charles, which is a group that hosts spring training with the San Francisco Giants, uh, to generate money for the community, the Scottsdale School District, uh, children's charities in the community. And at the moment, I'm, I'm thankful to be involved still in the Scottsdale Charles and then also at Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Uh, Boys Hope, Girls Hope focuses on getting kids that are uh, have different challenges, whether it's financial or environment, and get them to private schooling, get them out of a cycle that they may be in, mm -hmm. and then put them into college. So I'll get, I'll get the chance to be the chairman of the board there uh, here in January uh, 2022. And then I am also going to be president of the Scottsdale Charles uh, organization here uh, next fiscal year, which is uh, a blessing because I can, I can help not only provide an impact in those uh, com in those communities or at least those environments and organizations, but then also try to be a role model for as much as or as little as I've done for kids in the community mm -hmm. that are aspiring to do something with their life and may not know what the world's about. Right. So that's what I'm most passionate about. Uh, and it kills two birds with one stone because it's super fun. It gives me an opportunity to you know, have a good time and make an impact and have a little bit of an outlet because I still am a business owner at the end of the day. I still have a family that I want to be with. And um, that business ownership aspect of it, which I didn't touch too much on today. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got that from my father uh, as far as, you know, that hero element of it. And, uh, you know, I get the chance to have a balanced life, have an opportunity to That's give so back. That's so important. Yes, 100%. Uh, give back, uh, be with my family, be able to drop my kids at school 
and then uh, of course uh, give the community what I can with the skills that that uh, the guy upstairs has given me. So that's that's amazing. I'm super proud of you, and that's Thanks. you know we need to <laughs> we need to clone people like you, I guess, because <laughs> we we need we need a lot more of that. Um, how about hobbies? What are your hobbies? I mean, from the pictures, I would I don't want to guess. What <laughs> yeah. what are your hobbies? I've got I'm a hack at golf, and that's cool and all. But one of the things that is uh, the biggest uh, challenges and and uh, most gratifying things to do is to is to go out and and learn how to be uh, a better horseman. Uh, with the Scots of Charles, we we go out and we ride horses. We get a chance to. Um, uh, you know, go out in in Arizona and uh, you know enjoy a new ranch every single year, and learn uh, you know the how to how to work the land, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though my dad was a farmer and I come from a farmer's family and understand you know what what that world is like, I was really young, and being able to connect with that through a slightly different angle has been really cool. So I try to become a better horseman as much as I can. My wife grew up riding horses, and and I get a chance to kind of dip my toes into, how, you know, how to be a cowboy uh, <laughs> when I'm when I'm not a city slicker. So I know I saw some photos of you with that's why I figured. Um, <laughs> yes, I was gonna ask you today, you know, like an inspirational story that maybe you could share with us. But uh-huh. you're welcome to circle back to your dad. Um, mm-hmm. However, I did want to ask you, like in your lifetime, you're you said you're 40 now, right? Yes. Um, yeah, like what's the story that has impacted you that happened to you? Well, uh, I have many and I, and I think uh, one of the things that you realize is that you get the opportunity to, to have an impactful story. You just have to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, less than maybe giving us a story as much as, uh, I want to go back to, you know, those things about my father, um, Although I will say one thing that may be the story. He always, you know, as a young kid, you think, oh, I want to I do this, I want to do that. And uh, one of the things that he always wanted me to know is that uh, I should always be helping others or you know, try to do something. It happens to be being a lawyer that's going to benefit the world. So that was kind of the biggest thing that's that I huge. think I took away from, uh, you know, as far as inspirational stories. Mm-hmm. But it was a theme that I try to throughout apply your life. throughout my life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coolest part is that if you listen and you start realizing that that every interaction sometimes gives you that ripple effect to become a better person or maybe change the way that you look at a th- at, at a situation, that gives you the opportunity to, to then maybe do the same thing for somebody else. Sometimes things are happening for a reason, even if you're getting kicked down or you get into a challenge uh, where you would have expected to have been somewhere else. Things are happening for a reason and accept it and move on. Um, and then I would say the, the only other one, because I consume a lot of video, uh, YouTube happens to be the place where I get reminded how to tie a bow tie <laughs> and a lot of other things. But uh, there are many, many videos out there about, you know, something as easy as making your bed, accomplish something. Uh, I think especially in this day and age and in and, and charity, uh, you know, and, and kids and schools, we deal with uh, social emotional skills mm-hmm. uh, and, and those challenges for kids that are, that are having trouble emotionally. And if we can just uh, allow ourselves to have a little win in a day, it helps you wake up tomorrow. See, I like that. And for anyone listening, yeah, like you, it's self-help, you know. 
and it's out there. So, and I know your why for being a personal injury. I got that in the beginning. And obviously, like I said, you're highly regarded in that. Um, but overall, like as a person, why, like, what's your why as a person, like Jose Leon, how you interact with people? Why are you like the way you are? I think it's because, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say because of my parents. I mean, they, they were always, um, highly regarded in the community and, I always looked at them as people that were, um, you know, really cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, people knew who they were uh, from the small town that we were from, of course, not not in the U.S. But uh, if you live your life like you're you're being looked at every single moment and you won't have a regret because you're always going to be doing the right thing. So it's kind of in my DNA from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if I'm answering your question as much <laughs> as I'm trying to. You figure are. out why I am who I am. I don't know if it's anything special, so it's like, you know. It looks like a, lot, a combination of a few things. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, you know, my, my why is my family. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want my kids to, you know, look back and say, oh, you know, that guy was not doing the right thing in life. I need to do something different. So that's, that's it's got to be the kids yeah. if I had to pinpoint something. Yeah. Yeah. And... If you, I was to ask you your favorite quote, what would it be? Mine is, you always see me post it. We <laughs> rise by lifting others. That's a good and one. I'm like a robot with that. Mm-hmm. So what's yours? Well, I mean, for my business, it's, you know, something that's dear to my heart. It's, you know, try to get people back to happy. If you uh, bring, uh, you know, some toxicity or sourness to, to an environment, that's, that's going to net you know, toxicity as well. So I think for me, it's getting, getting people back to happy. And how do I do that in, in any environment, whether it's work or otherwise? And, you know, that's just the, the, the best model for me that I can live by. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, but if you think about like it, that. it's got depth to it. So, so really, you're going to change your Facebook profile. I need to. And then when you start your TikTok, because I'm telling <laughs> you, you should, that's going to be your, uh, your handle. Yes, right. I need to. I need to. I've, I've got some stuff out there. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're that, you're that uh, hashtag, and I'll get to that one later. But you're, you've got, you've got that dialed. So I need to listen. Yes, I'm here to, to help. So, and I know we're approaching our time, but I, uh, I have a few funny things to do with you. So, cool. but before that, Justin's gonna put up, you know, your charities up here too, so that everyone can like follow and support. Um, but onto the fun stuff. Awesome. <laughs> So, quick trivia. This is a funny one. The, the first one I already know, but I'm going to put myself through it. ASU or UVA? ASU. <laughs> Go Devils. Starbucks or Dutch? Oh, that's a hard one. Just That's do- a hard one. I'm going to have to go Starbucks. Okay. Um, I like, I like my the daughter stars. will not like that. Answer, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I still support both. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, cookies or donuts? I'm going to go cookies. Okay. Um, salad or pizza? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to be better. Definitely pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you're, it's your team right now, your whole office. Are they doing like a, um, are they in a challenge? Are they trying to eat healthy? Like when you try to have a meeting, do you bring healthy stuff to them? No, we always pick the Whatever. best tacos <laughs> that we can find every time because at home I'm, I'm, you know, usually good and 
I usually let loose when I'm out and about. All right, I'm coming for tacos then. Yes. So for for in Phoenix, your your dine-in restaurant, you cannot pick two, three, one. One. Steak 44, Monstro's Taco, what is it? I almost said Taco Bell, I meant Toka. Oh, well, no, Taco Bell very well could have been <laughs> it. I'm going to say... For, for fine, like, fine dining. dining, yes. Yeah, I'm going to say a City Hall, Mastro's, okay. the OG. The that OG one. spawned every, literally every Butter steak. cake. Ooh, every steak that I have, I grade on that memory. Okay, fast food. Favorite fast food. It's going to be a weird one. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but it's Chipotle. Okay. So when Chipotle came out with their children's menu, I'm like, I think I need to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> what's your order at chipotle it's always a burrito bowl with the carnitas uh you know black beans white rice uh pico de gallo and the red sauce and lettuce wow yeah. okay he knew it I'm on, I'm on there's speed a speed dial there there's a new uh, um, yeah you weren't kidding there's a new brisket i haven't tried it i saw that it's uh but. they're they're getting into the commercial game so i saw that my boy saw it he's like huh that's interesting i'm like yeah dude let's go <laughs> okay let's go. favorite song Wow, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. It's, it's what I get my kids okay. up with. I turn on I like the speaker that. in the okay. house. And, I see you, Jose. Yeah, yeah, diverse. Um, movie, favorite movie? Coming to America. Oh, and I quote, my gosh. I quote that movie so much. My wife's like, gosh, you're old. <laughs> and then um, basketball team? Basketball team, the Bulls, although, okay. you know. It's not MJ life, so. Yeah, yeah, it shows I, our age, it but does. that's okay. It definitely dates us, for sure. <laughs> and favorite football team? Favorite football team, again, Cowboys, Emmitt Smith. He, they was, I just grew up watching him move the rock, and great, great man, so. Yeah. Yeah. And favorite candy? Favorite candy, oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to say, um, gosh. I'm gonna have to say salad. I'm gonna have to say saladitos. It's a it's a note oh to growing up. Yeah, it's I love saladitos. It's a it's a tamarind just for the Every folks that don't know. Every gas station mm -hmm. down there, Tucson Nogales carries that. Yeah, saladitos are a little tamarind candy that's dehydrated in salt, and man, who it, <laughs> it just puckers my mouth just thinking about it. So in the Philippines, we have that but it's sweet and uh -huh. sour very cool mm -hmm. so, so my it's dad good though we didn't get into this but my dad's asian half asian half uh native mexican american um and uh he uh he would always bring all these asian elements and candies and there was this like tamarind sweet tamarind yeah uh, it's like good in, in mango yes. the dried mango oh my goodness the philippine the one that costco carries that's the best. Yes. I'm helping you out. Thank you. And then uh, the, your favorite um, fruit? Favorite fruit is mango. So Sinaloa, I'm from Sinaloa. And mangoes, uh, it's one of their main products out there, as well as sugar cane from, I'm from Los Mochis. But mangoes, I can't, that, anything mango. <laughs> and your favorite color? Uh, favorite color is blue. Okay. Yeah. Like the Dallas Simple. Cowboys? Blue? That's right. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jose, please tell everyone how they can get a hold of you. So nowadays it's, it's extremely hard to just, you know, pick something because there's a laundry list of places that we're typically at, but, uh, just the website is leonlawplc.com and that's, uh, L E O N L A W P L L C. And most of our handles are Leon law. So until we fix it to what was it? Uh, get, getting back to happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
getting back to happy. And we'll put all that up here. So we awesome. got you. Honestly, thank you for being here. Thank you. I for really appreciate it. You're an awesome person. Can't thank wait you. to, uh, you know, get to spend more time with you. Thank you. So thank you for being here at Connect with Christina, a.k.a. The Clap God. There you go. Brand new business, never ask how she did it.